Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons Podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Hello, good afternoon. This is Bill Grobe from the Tampa office of Ogletree Deacons, and we are here at Workplace Strategies today. I'm here with my partner, Tiffany Cox-Stacy. So we're here today to talk about the presentation that we did for many generations under one roof managing the multi-generational workforce. And I really enjoy this presentation. I enjoy it a lot because there's so many aspects to it. We have so many generations in the workforce now that it's difficult for employers at times to determine how do I work with all the generations and get them working in lockstep with each other. And so Tiffany and I were able to uh, do our presentation and talk about the different generations in the workplace, starting with the baby boomers and ending up with Generation Z and the alphas. And of course, I am, as I have always said, I am a, a Gen Xer. I am a Gen Xer through and through. And so I, I really think that I understand at least where I'm coming from in the generation world. And I try my best to understand where um, the Generation Z, even though there's not a lot of Generation Z in the workforce, they're really starting to permeate the workforce, one of our largest generations. But what I'd like to do is maybe talk about the highlights of the presentation because there's so much good information. Tiffany, I, I think that you had started out talking about the baby boomers. What were your thoughts on that? And, and how is it, even though the baby boomers are aging out of the workforce, how is it that the baby boomers that are in the workforce, how can we get them to support the newer members of the workforce and get everybody on the same page moving one direction? Well, the boomers have the most institutional knowledge and experience oftentimes. And certainly the retirement of boomers really in large numbers over COVID-19 have greatly contributed to the labor shortage. And of course, some boomers that have retired have decided that perhaps they're not financially able to do so, or they're just bored or isolated and missing the workplace. So as employers look to fill the labor shortage and gap, some are going back to the retirees and exploring alternative working relationships, part-time employment, but really allowing an opportunity to fill some of the shortages while also easing the transition between the, the passage of the guard and transitioning knowledge and relationship and experience to the younger generations that are coming into the workforce and ultimately assuming those leadership positions. Let me ask you this because I think it's interesting. You talked about a changing of the guard. And, and it's interesting to me because the boomers despite not wanting to be like their parents were, right? They came into this chaotic world where we had, you know, we had wars that they didn't understand. And then you had a whole, a whole generation of people who wanted to go live on communes and, and not wanted to be the, um, the, the super traditional conservatists that their parents were. But the one thing they learned from their parents was the value of saving. And, and you know, they've been able to retire pretty decently in this marketplace, even though it's a tough marketplace. Uh, having their houses paid for, not living high on the hog, understanding that, that you could retire at a certain time. But do you find, 
that maybe some of our boomers are returning to the workplace because they might have millennial or even younger uh, Gen X children who may not get it, right? May not have gotten it, didn't want to be like their parents, still trying to live at home. And maybe some of them are forced to re return to the workplace to support their, their nuclear family. Have you seen any evidence of that? Yeah, I think so, particularly after some of the adjustments that many working parents had to make during COVID-19 of having to work from home and triage not only the work demands, but the parenting demands and even the educational demands as some parents were guiding their children through remote work. And I think there's been a bringing together of the generations more so in one household, not only for economic reasons, but for that added support of being able to fill in the gaps and just we're experiencing inflation and some people's retirement and savings have dropped with the marketplace. And so there is, a, I think, a desire to have that extra income but not being committed to the full-time roles that maybe the boomers once were. Well, you know, I find that really advantageous for the workplace, frankly, because the, the boomers have had the experience, right? We won't call them the old guard or the senior guard. We'll call them the established guard, right? The established guard returning to the workplace and, and really distributing their knowledge to some of the younger generations. I think it could be really helpful if you use that resource in the right way. Get them working together with the millennial generation uh, folks that you have in the workplace and maybe working together, especially with the Gen Zs who aren't afraid to contribute on their own. And, and so moving from that guard, the established guard, to another established guard, the Gen X, who are really running our big companies now, right? I said, I'm a Gen X. We were all very adaptable, I think. I think at least in my generation, because we were latchkey kids. We came home to a no-parent household, and we had to entertain ourselves without social media or anything. And so it was really a situation in a generation where you had to learn to fend for yourself. And the one thing that, that Gen Xers did so well was learn how to work smart instead of working hard and what they ended up doing because of the influence not only of their grandparents and their parents but of of their time in the workforce i learned from my father the value of loyalty right my father was a traditionalist and he prized loyalty over everything you were loyal to your employer and you worked for them and you raised your family and you supported your family and it didn't matter how long it took and so with the, the Xers going into the workplace and, and applying those values that they got from their grandparents more than their parents, the generation before them, then they were really able to help the workplace adapt and be more economical and more efficient. And so I think about the Xers in the workplace, the Xers who, who run companies along with some of the more senior millennials, and I think these are the folks who have really embraced change and the opportunity to try to get the most out of each generation, regardless of what they have to contribute to the workplace, but to utilize those skills that the younger generations have, especially with regard to, to social media and knowledge and the instantaneous information at their fingertips to make the workplaces better. What experience, especially you as a managing partner of one of our offices, how can you sort of relate to that in your own experiences as a supervisor? Well, I think your use of the term bridge for Gen X is, is very much on point. What I notice most is that Gen X, we understand both forms of communication. So growing up without 
social media, without the devices, we had real conversations in person with our friends. We had conversations at the dinner table. And so we can relate to that as it concerns a boomer's preference to have the face-to-face conversation. Conversely, we adapted very well to the use of technology, to mobile devices, email, pigeon carrier, whatever. We understand that as well. And so in that regard, we can link to the younger generation and I think serve as that intermediary to remind the younger generation that you're probably not receiving a response to your email because this boomer over here really prefers that you come into their office or they might misconstrue some of the email communication. So recognizing where the communication gaps are and serving as intermediary between the two generations. You know, that's such a great point. I think the Xers more than anyone understand all of the forms of communication, right? We understand the communication when all we had was a rotary dial phone and it took us 30 seconds to five minutes to dial a number because if we got it wrong, we had to hang up and we had to start all over again. And it was just a, a, you know, and now you think of the instantaneous, I don't even know phone numbers anymore, Tiffany, because I have a name on my phone and I punch a button and I instantaneously am connected. And if I want to see that person, I punch another button and I'm instantaneously connected face to face. But having the ability to understand and bridge that gap between the communications. And and what I have found, and maybe you've seen this too, to me the millennials were the least face-to-face communicative, right? They were the ones that far preferred to communicate by electronic means. And so they were the ones that were most reluctant to have the face-to-face meetings, perhaps the most uncomfortable in the face-to-face meetings, which we're not seeing as much with Generation Z. But understanding that and applying that in the workplace for folks who might be less inclined, and we'll talk about the millennials now, less inclined to want to discuss things face-to-face, more comfortable with that impersonal communication, The concern that I have is how do you talk to your constituency, whether you're a law firm or a retail organization or, you know, a construction firm, whatever you're doing, you have to communicate with clients. And sometimes clients want to communicate in person. What can we do, especially with the millennials, to get them to understand and be more comfortable with in-person, face-to-face communication? I think that's a real challenge as some employers have either gone to entirely remote workforces or hybrid workplaces and that it's only further deepening the reliance on communication by email or instant message or things like that. And so I think the sweet spot, and many employers have found this to be true, is the hybrid work, the flex work where not only are they able to offer that sort of flexibility that is desired by many millennials and they're, you know, therefore attract people into the workforce, but still have the requirement that there be some in-person communication and interaction because I believe that's where you get the most ideas flowing. That's how we learn from each other. That's where the creativity happens. That's how we mentor those who are coming up underneath us to ultimately fill our roles. And so having the combination of that seems to be working really well and allowing employers to be competitive in the marketplace while also addressing those needs. And and having that requirement or expectation to be in the workplace periodically is further allowing that opportunity to 
enable millennials to engage you know, and one thing I found is we were in the height of COVID and having to do back-to-back calls is we no longer engaged in the, the cursory dialogue. If you were in a meeting room, you would come in and you would ask, how are you doing? How are your kids? How are the dogs? And once we converted to the remote uh, environment, it was just business back-to-back. You didn't have those same courtesies. And I think that that Uh, has led to a sense of not having the same connection to your employer because you're not developing those same relationship with your peers. And so talking about the millennials and and kind of, you know, the post-COVID era with a reluctance to return to the workplace, I'm thinking based on what we said about the baby boomers, especially baby boomers who might have returned to the workplace, you know, they've, they've, they've made their beans, right? They, they understand the workforce. They're so comfortable with it. There's not a lot of pressure on them because they've returned to the workforce and they just want something so they're not bored. But wouldn't it be great if, if we had reluctant millennials to have those face-to-face conversations and we team them up with a returning boomer to say, look, we want you guys to work together and we want you to work together in, in pursuit of these objectives. And these objectives involve talking to people, talking to each other, coming up with goals and objectives of your own in order to be effective and efficient in the process that, that we need you to accomplish. And so wouldn't it be great if we could get those folks together to help learn from each other because there's so much information that they could learn, but not only the idea of knowledge, but the idea of behavior, to, to learn that behavior and be more comfortable with it. Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity is forming those mentorship type relationships that are very different generationally, uh, both in terms of their preferences and their influences. And it has the added benefit of that imparting of the knowledge and industry to the new leaders and also making the boomers, they appreciate feeling valued and and recognized for what they have learned through their years. It's a mutually beneficial relationship and will ensure, I think, not only bringing forward new ideas to the table as each generation comes in, but ultimately not losing sight of whatever has made the business successful to begin with and having that continuity long-term. Well, let's bring in now Gen Z and Gen Y, right? Gen Z is going to be the largest generation. The great thing about Gen Z is they're not afraid to talk. They're not afraid to talk to you face-to-face. They're not afraid to talk to you on social media. And the other thing they're not afraid of is to demand, not just ask for it, but demand that the workplace adapts itself to their needs, right? That, that they want that, not only they want that work-life balance, but they want to know that companies are, are socially proper, and that they have integrity. And they're not going to work for companies that don't have the integrity that they see that they need to keep their world alive and moving forward. So if we talk about the millennials and the Gen Zs working together, the millennials can certainly help with project teams involving Generation Z. Generation Z will be not hesitant to talk to the millennial, to have honest um, and and want honest feedback. Millennials, for all of the the things that we talk about, the one thing that millennials generally possess is a 
positive prognosis on life and work because they were told you're special. And those folks who truly excel because they don't like to see the downside, they're a very glasses half full kind of generation for those folks who really do get into the workplace and excel. If we put those millennials together with Gen Z who doesn't have as much experience but is so more than willing to learn to create an environment that they believe is advantageous for their generation, then it's a win-win situation, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I am curious just from the work and the research that you've done in this area, but why do you think millennials, for example, are so heavily reliant on electronic communication and Gen Z, who has had even more digital influence, they, on the other hand, are comfortable being very forward and stating their thoughts. What, what are your thoughts there? I blame the helicopter parents, the helicopter parents and the lawnmower parents, because they were the ones that communicated the most with the, the millennials to say, you are special, you're a special generation, and they paved the way for everything that they did. And, and so in, in difference, the Gen, the Gen Zers are now sort of taking their cues from Gen X. Those are the, the parents, the younger Gen X folks, and even into the older Gen X folks. I have a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old, both part of, of Generation Z and the Alpha Generation, and they're not afraid to talk to their parents, right? They're not afraid to talk to their parents, and they're not afraid to get on social media and talk to each other. Communication is so much more instantaneous for this Generation Z, but also is not afraid to talk and communicate in person, and regardless of what generation they're talking to, because they've talked to the Xers, right? They've grown up with an X household who says, don't ever be afraid to, to speak your mind and, and tell you what they think. That's why these are the most transparent with mental health issues and why mental health is so much in the spotlight and they demand employers recognize mental health issues and respond to mental health issues. But I believe that that generation, Generation Z, is much more open, much more open about not only how they feel about the workplace, but how they feel about themselves, how they feel about their own mental health issues, that they're not afraid to get in and mix it up with any of the other generations to help not only see the light, but to move forward together to make this a better world. And Gen Z, for reference, which is a newer one, I think, for some of us, they were born between 1997 and 2009. So at the youngest part of the group, it's 13 up to 25 years old. So these are the folks that are now coming out of college or, or even graduate school and coming into the workplace. And a lot of their experiences were shaped by COVID-19. Uh, and some of the things perhaps that they weren't able to participate in, some of the milestones, their graduations, but then also perhaps some difficulty in finding employment after graduating from high school or college or whatever level of study. And how do you think that plays into their mindset now coming into the workplace? They've done a lot like Gen X did before them and tried to adapt to the times. So they're like Gen X before them, adapting to the times to try to make it the best that they can possibly make it for their future families. I know we've gone a little bit long, but let's have some closing thoughts on this. My thoughts have always been, people ask me, Bill, what do we do to get these folks together and working with one objective and unified in the workplace? And, and my response is always this, make them work together. Throw them in there and let them work together and work out their difficulties and work out the wrinkles, but require them to produce and hold them accountable for it. What do you think? 
I agree with that. And I think when you really drill down into the weeds of it, there are just misconceptions about each generation, but often shared misconceptions. So in other words, the millennials may look at the boomers as as feeling entitled, and yet that's exactly how the boomers viewed the millennials. And you now see progressions in each generation due to COVID where their views and their priorities have shifted somewhat. And so when you force them into the situations of talking and working together, I think they probably find there are more commonalities and then they realize and more things that they can build upon and share with each other to ultimately have that work smarter, not harder work. How can we work differently and better at the same time? How can we work together? Right. And together is what's going to make the, the biggest difference. And the other thing that's going to make the biggest difference is companies are going to be required to have social integrity. And if they don't have it, then they may not survive. So, well, thank you so much. This has been so great to come out here and do this presentation with you, Tiffany. Always love presenting with you because I, I feel like we have such a great dynamic. And I, I really feel like the presentation was good, but these are questions that not only today are gonna to be asked, they're gonna be asked tomorrow and in future generations. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.